0: You're listening to a podcast from Northern Lights Metropolitan Community Church. This is a special podcast this week as we had our carol service. The structure of this podcast is slightly different as we've got four readings, then the sermon, and then four more readings.
1: A reading from the book of Isaiah. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in the land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests on his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and for his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness. From this time onwards, and for evermore. The zeal of the Lord God Almighty will accomplish this.
2: A reading from the book of Isaiah, chapter 11. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse, from his roots a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might the spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, with the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. The wolf will live with the lamb, the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together and a little child will lead them the cow will feed with the bear their young will lie down together and the lion will eat straw like the ox the infant will play near the cobra's den and the young child will put its hand into the viper's nest they will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the lord as the waters cover the sea
3: the third lesson is from Luke chapter one. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. This reading comes from the second book of Luke, chapter one. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. All went to their own towns to be registered. and wrapped him in bands of cloth, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the
4: inn.
5: My friends, would you pray with me? Loving God, we ask you to bless my words and touch the hearts of all who are here and who listen at home. That we might hear the message you want to give every one of us. In Jesus' name, Amen. When I knew that I was going to be speaking tonight, I started to reflect on Christmas past and how over the years They have changed and I've changed. We had an informal tradition when I was growing up. And it was that my two sisters and I would, on Christmas morning, sit on the very top of the stairs, going downstairs, with this really old alarm clock. And we were stupid because we believed, my mum, when she said, I'll be up in five minutes, and we would sit glued to this clock. And every five minutes, we'd run into the bedroom, and we'd jump on the bed, and we'd say, it's five minutes. And then she would say, another five minutes. And so we would sit patiently. And the idea was that she would go down just to check to see if Santa had been. In truth, it was to put the fire on, it was to put the lights on, and it was to create the magical scene ready for us to come down. I was a little bit worried because I went home today and I think there's something wrong with the house because as I went up the stairs and I sat down, the house has shrunk. (laughs) And I can no longer sit with my two sisters there. I fill the whole staircase. When I was 13, my mum and dad went out to a party. And before they left, this took me to one side and said, look, when your sisters go to bed, will you help your granddad bring all the gifts to the house and set everything up? And I remember crossing the road because my nan and my grandad used to live just opposite us, bringing all the presents, and I felt a pride at being grown up enough to be asked. And yet, even then, there was this sadness that childhood had gone and the magic had vanished forever. A few years later, I would be an altar server, serving at midnight mass, and the focus of Christmas changed. We'd be caught up in the celebrations at church, and then I would stop at my Nan's on the way home at about half one, and the smell of freshly cooked roast beef just coming out of the oven, and we would sit together and just have a roast beef sandwich and exchange a single present each before I went home. And then there was a special year when I received a walkie-talkie set that I'd longed for. That's a different story, and it didn't end well. (laughs) Through my years of ministry, my nan and my granddad would come and spend Christmas Eve with us and take part in the services, and then the following morning, the family masses, and then we'd go home. By then, my sisters had grown up and their partners would join us for. Christmas dinner and their children and I would be lost exhausted in just the celebrations and the joys and then I left active ministry and then Christmas morning changed again I would go to a center and help prepare the meal for all those who would be alone for Christmas and then I would go home and then my children's had children and they would join us. And I would sit and take part in the festivities with a secret. And the secret was that I would get out of there, get back home, lay on the couch, and watch the Christmas special of Doctor Who. (laughs) Thank you. I'm now a parent, and I woke up early Christmas morning with a very excited child bouncing on top of me he now has to wait while I go downstairs to see if Santa's come we put the lights on and put the fire on and then he comes and joins us this year it will be slightly different because my mum is Pooley and the stress and the worries of trying to cook for 15 people is just too much and so we're going out just the four of us for Christmas lunch and then we come home and then we will be surrounded by The grandchildren, great-grandchildren and everybody for a few hours of absolute chaos. Reflecting on my history there's been a constant and the constant really has been my mum holding us all together and knowing that I belong somewhere and have somewhere to come. I want us to take us back to the Christmas Doctor Who. So I remember laying there one night and just watching a special episode with flying fish and a a very disgruntled shark. And the doctor asked one of the people, what is Christmas? And they said, we celebrate that we're halfway through the darkness. And that stuck with me. It makes sense that we celebrate Jesus' birth around the time of the winter solstice, the Son of God, the light of the world, just as the world is slowly emerging from darkness to the light of spring. But while that's true on a a cosmic level, on a personal level for so many people, the truth is often the opposite. Loneliness, addiction, family feuds, homelessness, poverty, the loss of our loved ones. It's hard to feel that we are halfway out of the darkness when the darkness that surrounds us feels so heavy and impenetrable. It's often made worse when we're fed the steady stream of how Christmas should be Scrooge, George Bailey's miraculous transformations when they see the light and they're completely different human beings. The truth was very different. The magical nativity scene was actually made up of a very frightened 14 year old girl, far from home, her life at risk, when married and pregnant. Facing the dangers of childbirth alone, and yet clinging to a promise given to her by a stranger that she would give birth to the saviour of the world. Her betrothed, Joseph, a much older man, mocked and gossiped about for caring for a tainted girl, and yet, doing what he believed to be right. Together, they would face a life of uncertainty, of hardship, of cruelty. That same girl would have her heart ripped out as she sees that child betrayed, tortured and crucified. So if the Christmas message is not The light obliterates the darkness. And what is it? It's Isaiah who gives us the answer. Therefore the Lord himself will give a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And will call him Emmanuel. A name that means God is with us. The birth of the child does not mean that there will be no more darkness, no more suffering, no more hardships, but rather that there is a light in the darkness. God is with us in all that we face. We are no longer alone. We are no longer misunderstood. We no longer need to rely on our own strength to endure. The Christmas gift, if we choose to accept it, is that God has come to meet us and will be with us. But we have to make a conscious effort to accept him and to make a home for him in our daily lives. To steal a common phrase, God isn't just for Christmas. In the child's birth, his life, his ministry, his death, and his rising to new life. Our lives are transformed. And every human act, every human experience can now become an encounter with the living God. Every encounter, an experience of grace. Maybe I've made a mistake. Maybe Emmanuel, the light that comes into the world, has come to destroy darkness. It just depends on how willing we are to truly welcome the light into our hearts and our lives.
6: A reading from the Gospel according to Luke. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace
5: What the donkey saw, by Ursula Fanthorpe. No room in the inn, of course, not that much in the stable. What with the shepherds, Magi, Mary, Joseph, the heavenly host, not to mention the baby, using our manger as a cot. You couldn't have squeezed another cherubin for love nor money. Still, in spite of the overcrowding, I did my best to make him feel wanted. I could see that the baby and I would be going places together.
0: A reading from the Gospel according to Matthew. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, Magi came from the east to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, and are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you, Shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people to Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the Magi and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay homage. When they heard the the king, they set out. And there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, They knelt down and paid him homage. Then they opened their treasure chests and they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh.
4: A reading from the Gospel of John. In the beginning was the word The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all may believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him but to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh, or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory The glory as of an only son, full of grace and truth.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast from Northern Lights Metropolitan Community Church. To find out more about what we do, head across to our website www.northernlightsmcc.org.uk.